welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. Yeah, I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 6, Episode 6, Lesson in Evil. The original air date for this episode was October 29th, 1990. It was directed by William Garrity, and it was written by John Shepard. Why don't we discuss this episode in brief? Uh, in this episode, we have the infamous return of Dr. Zito, yes. played by William Morgan Shepard. Uh, he is basically being released, kind of. He's self-releasing. Right. He, he's, he's being released on his own murder. <laughs> right. Well, has, what was his crime originally that he was in jail uh, for? It was multiple murders. Um, okay. Which apparently the statute of limitation is five years. Um, and so they're getting ready to let him go. And he breaks but, out. But his sentence was five years for murder? No, no. His sentence was however long he got for the murders. Okay. Uh, but now he's, like, I guess up for some kind of parole. And Kate Murphy is there as a character witness to mm-hmm. him not needing not to yet, be released. Yeah. And as is MacGyver. And about a year ago, he convinced his cellmate or the yeah. guy across the hall to kill more people. Mm-hmm. In particular, to try to kill Kate Murphy. But that's sort of murky because it's like, oh, well, is it his fault that the guy followed through with it? Yeah. Yeah. So we open up with uh, MacGyver running up the courthouse steps where he's encountered by kids in Halloween costumes. Mm -hmm. So this is our Halloween nights. I mean, this is like our next Halloween episode. Yep. Um, Yeah, this was October 29th, so two days before Halloween. Yeah. And every Halloween episode starts with kids Mm trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it seems so weird because like we just recorded Halloween nights. Yeah. And it's already we've already gone through an entire year's worth of episodes. Yeah. And this courthouse is definitely the same courthouse from uh, like Tommy Giordano. Tommy Giordano. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's the same a, courthouse. yeah, it's the same courthouse. And when they're inside, it's the same courtroom as we just had in Rush to Judgment. Yeah. So yeah, they 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 use this courthouse a lot. Yeah. Um and. Uh, so outside the courtroom, uh, Kate Murphy is waiting uh, for MacGyver to come in and give his testimony. Right. And basically, uh, you know, and Pete's there too. I don't know why Pete's there. Yeah. But uh, this, this moral thing. support. Yeah. Um, so they're waiting, and basically, what Kate is saying, like that, if if this hearing doesn't go in our favor, he's gonna be let free. Right. And MacGyver's like, wait, what? Like, what about all the murders? And Kate's all, those five years ago, MacGyver, as, as if, like, that makes a difference. Yeah. Um, she says, like, the evidence has gone cold. It's like, they had the evidence to put him in case the trial is over. This yeah. is double jeopardy, right? Um, I don't know why he's being, like, being arraigned or hearing for his release. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, like, Dr. Skinner, uh, played by Lynn Moody... Although I don't think she did the voice oh, for really? herself. It's really weird. Um, it's another dubbed over person situation. Yeah. We haven't really had that since like season one. Yeah. it's. I, I am like really certain. I'm like 90% certain that she's completely dubbed over this entire episode. What was the other one where we had that recently though? Um, it was the one where uh, Dan Elkar is getting his recertification. Um in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the survivors. The survivors. There you go. Where uh, it was either uh, 
One of the two goons. Yeah, one of the yeah. two bad guys. It sounded like his voice was totally dubbed over. Um, I mean, it could have been her dubbing her own voice. Yeah, maybe. But, but there are times where her mouth literally isn't moving and she's saying things. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, so, you know, they're asking uh, how Kate's testimony went. And she's all, it was fine, except for... I broke into tears and yeah, had a mental breakdown. Zito was staring at me. And it does like this camera zoom in on Kate Murphy's face as she's staring into the camera. Yeah. And then it fades into Zito's face. And I'm all... Okay, so this is going to be her this testimony. This is showing when she was giving testimony. Oh, no, that's just how they cut to this him. Is, this is how they cut to him. Um, I inadvertently paused it on the scene like to, to make some notes, and when I looked up, it was like halfway between the morph, Ooh. between Kate and Zito. So it was mostly Kate, except she had Zito's uh, beard. <laughs> that's <laughs> I was perfect. Like, that's pretty funny. Um, uh, this is the first implication over the course of the 12 Zito episodes that she is actually Zito's daughter. Yeah, right? <laughs> or that she is Zito. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. That's true, because you never see him in the same room at the same time. Except right now. Except a couple times. <laughs> uh, uh, so, MacGyver's giving his testimony on his experience with Dr. Zito, and this is where we get basically like a quick recap of, right. of the previous episode that had Zito. And, and when he's asked to describe Zito... He just gives one word, evil. Yeah. And uh, the judge, played by Karen Elizabeth Austin, who, whose biggest credits seem to be uh, Caprica, which was the Battlestar Galactica spinoff. Spinoff, yeah. Um, That's the planet, right, that they find? I have no idea. I, I, I never watched an episode of Battlestar. I think Caprica was the planet that they found that they thought was Earth-like or something like mm. that. Could be wrong. It's been a long time since I watched it. I only saw like the miniseries and some of the TV show. Yeah, I never watched it. Uh, but basically, the the judge's decision is to remain incarcerated for Zito. Yeah, it's like which that's a, that's a smart move. So uh, Skinner is having uh, Zito sign for his appeal because uh, she's you know, but she's not a lawyer, but she seems to be acting like one. Yeah. Uh, and so as Zito, Zito like kind of shrugs off like oh i can't sign this because my hands are chained yeah but it's like your hands are chained so far apart that it's almost dangerous like your hands should be cuffed together your your chains are so wide i always think that's weird in movies when they have that the chain where it's like their hands are completely free moving but they're connected to each other and there's a chain down from the middle right so they just can't raise their hands high enough but um, it's like that's not necessary to kill a person yeah if you get them down on their knees you can strangle them just as easy yeah um, and as Zito finishes signing, uh, Charles, the orderly, who's the same orderly from the previous Dr. Zito episode. Um, maybe. So the actor is Alvin Sanders, who mm-hmm. was in Deadly Dreams. Mm-hmm. Potentially the same character. But he has a different name because last episode he was called Ryan. And I think he died in that episode. The, no, a different orderly died. A different guy died. Yeah. Okay. He 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 pulled. He made, he never got injured. Uh, but uh, okay. Well, had, for whatever reason, he has two different names in these two episodes. Because okay. in in Deadly Dreams, his name is Ryan, and in this episode, his name is Charles. But it seems like he's serving the same purpose. Yeah, that's weird. I did not make that connection. I I just saw the actor. I was like, yeah, oh, it's yeah, the yeah. same orderly. Well, and I thought it was weird that they brought the guy back, um, because. You could just as easily have forgotten that guy was in the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that they changed his name was like, maybe they totally forgot what name they used last time. Yeah. Or forgot that they credited it. 
But um, and then he also played uh, Diano in uh, Black Rhino. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, as Zito's being uh, escorted out, he stops and uh, he insults Kate. Like it's like, oh, your testimony was very predictable, Kate. Yeah. But you, MacGyver, you, your description of me is evil. Like and basically, that like, was not at all predictable. <laughs> slash sarcasm. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, Zito threatens MacGyver with promising to give him a, a lesson in evil to make sure he really knows what evil is like. Yep. Title uh, drop. Hashtag title drop. Uh, and, uh, as, uh, Charles and another orderly are, are escorting Zito to the elevator, Zito stops for, a, a sip from a water fountain. Yeah. And that's when we see that he had removed the, he gave back the pen, but he removed the ink fill cartridge from the pen. Right. And, and he's, he's using, using that... it to pick the lock on his handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And then we'll later use it to stab someone in the neck. And you know what happens when you let Anthony Hopkins into an elevator. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, wait. This isn't actually Anthony Hopkins. But, well, I mean. This is TV Anthony Hopkins. To Anthony Hopkins. Nope. No. Nope. To Anthony Vompkins. T. Vanthony. Uh. So, uh, uh, Zito gets into the elevator, and as the doors close, once they reopen on another floor, a woman just looks inside and screams. And we see that Charles is dead on the ground, but the other orderly is being, as has been hanged yeah. from the ceiling of the elevator. Yeah. Uh, and Zito is already up in the shaft and crawled out onto another floor covered yeah. in blood. And it says on his shirt, now I have a pen, ho, ho, ho. Written in pen. <laughs> Written in pen, painstakingly. <laughs> you had to fill in all the letters. Uh, <laughs> and then at the bottom, it's in blood, it says, now I don't have a pen. Because <laughs> he ran out I'm of ink. out of ink. <laughs> it says, now I have a pen, ho. And that's, all, that's all he wrote. <laughs> you look like he ran He's out just of calling out Kate Murphy. Now I have a pen, ho. <laughs> uh, Zito makes his way into the bailiff lounge when they're all being when the they're being scrambled because uh, he's escaped. And I guess not only does he get into the one of the uniforms, but he colors his hair. Yeah. Because he comes out, his hair is much darker. Yeah. Um, and uh, for some reason. The bailiffs say, don't worry, we have all the exits covered. But they're still letting people come and go in and out of the courthouse. Yeah. Like like they let Zito out. They let Zito out. And then they let Dr. Skinner out. Yeah. she's a She'd be a prime suspect for yeah. his escape. Because she's the one who just said that they're going to file for an appeal. Yeah. And, and she said that, that he's completely sane. Yeah. Um, but then she's outside and she sees him walking out. Yeah, and then he drops the uh, the bloodied pen uh, tool that he used to stab the other guy in the neck yeah. into the kid's uh, candy money bucket. Yeah. Because um, they're collecting money for charity. They're not right. collecting candy. Yeah, and he throws a bloody pen piece in there. And yeah. she sees that happen, and she's like, oh, my God. And then she goes inside, and she says, I just saw Zito. He left in a bailiff's uniform. How did he get out? All the freaking exits were covered. Uh, so... Uh, they find uh, a note on the orderlies addressed to MacGyver. Right. So already I was like, man, he had time to write a note while he was killing these guys? Must have been a tall building. 
Yeah. Uh, all that's in there is a really... His court case was on the 130th floor. Plenty of time on the way down. All the stops it makes. Yeah. What is this, the local? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, on the card is a simple mash... Math, mash? Simple mash equation. equation 407. Simple mash equation. <laughs> you smell toast. <laughs> We've been doing this for a while this morning, people. Uh, a simple math equation that where the answer is four. Right. And uh, MacGyver th- seems to think that that's his cell number. Right. So they head over to the, I guess, this isn't the institution. So it must be like a holding area for the court purposes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Whatever it is is already set up as though he knew that he was going to escape then. Yeah. So he left a deck of cards, and uh, inside, amongst the cards, is a library card that says Dr. Zito. Yeah. You think this guy would lose his library privileges after he was, like, delivering drugs to people through books and stuff last time? Well, and that's the whole joke that they even flash back to, is that... uh, when MacGyver found out, Zito, Zito says, well, what are you going to do now? Have him take away my library card. Yeah. Um, why would they have a library card inside an institution? Yeah. It's like, if they're coming to find out if you want books, they're not going to say, do you have your library card? Yeah. It's, they're just going to give you the books. That's um, the one part of prison that seems awesome to me. Just getting to sit and read all day. Not have to do and, anything and getting, else. And getting attacked in the shower. Well, that too, but... That's, that's the best part. Both of those are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> the two biggest selling points. Uh, so uh, as they're leaving the cell, there's a phone call for MacGyver, and of course it's Dr. Zito. MacGyver, you have a telephone call at the front desk. <laughs> That's great, Pee-wee. <laughs> uh, speaking of dubbed over lines. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Dr. Zito is saying that uh, the next lesson is hidden in a phone booth nearby. And uh, outside in the phone, near the phone booth, they find uh, a shopping cart full of uh, full of rags. But amongst the rags, they find the Madonna. The Madonna. No. Um, they find a, a pair of shears, some string, and a set of uh, like scales, like your classic like uh, zodiac sign scales, right? Or justice scales. You know? Yeah. I don't know if there's a name for those particular type of scales. Dragon scales. I actually really want a set of scales like that. Where do you get them? Uh, get scales RS? Scales RS. I don't know. Over in the scale district? <laughs> the hammock district. <laughs> in fact, you know what? They're all in the same dist- they're all in the same compound as the hammock plaza over on third. Oh, in the hammock district. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, also on the phone booth is another uh, equation that this time ends in 15. Right. So at the station, Mac and Murphy are kind of working on the case. Uh, Skinner brings all the books that Dr. Zito has checked out in the last two years, which was only a small stack. Yeah. Not a reader. Um, and basically, they're, they're, they don't know what to check. It's basically, is it the 15th page, the 15th paragraph? So they're checking all yeah. situations. And in one of the books, Mac is able to find... Uh, another equation on the 15th page, but also it's on a page about the Greek fates, uh, who wove a thread in that each thread was supposed to be a person. Like yeah. you weave the thread, they're born. 
you cut the thread, they die. So the the Greek fates, you were saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I say it's the Greek fates. I mean, it could just be the fates in general. But um, they wove everything into a tapestry. Correct. The, the history of time. Yeah, history of time, and also, like, the threads. Like were... in the movie Wanted. Yeah, like <laughs> in the movie Wanted. <laughs> the loom... Uh, what was it called? The, I don't know. The, the loom of destiny or something? The stupidest thing. <laughs> this, this ancient loom that apparently translates all these threads into binary and into English. Yep. Freaking hate that movie. It's such a stupid, stupid movie. Uh, Be sorry. careful, because Timur Bekmambatov is a listener. Yeah, well, you know what? I still prefer Nightwatch and Daywatch. I, those I have not seen. They're vampire movies, right? Yeah. Those are definitely his best. Although I really like um I think I think Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was underrated. Mm. Actually. Have you seen the trailers for the Russian Avengers type thing? Yeah. That looks pretty cool. That looks really good. But I don't actually think that's him. I think I saw all the stuff for it and I was like, "Oh, is this Timur's new thing?" cuz yeah. it just looks exactly like something he would do, but Maybe he's just an EP or something on it. But he is associated with it? I think he is, mm. yeah. It looks really awesome, though. I'm going to look that up now, actually, while we continue talking. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, Pete calls in from the Phoenix Foundation. They've been analyzing the, the three uh, items, the scales, the shears, and the string. Right. And on the shears, they found, written in some kind of photosensitive uh, ink, that uh, there's another equation. And so... Meanwhile, Zito calls into the police station. Once again, they don't have time to run a trace because caller ID apparently can't, doesn't do the trick here. Yeah. I mean, I know that there are some numbers that are blocked, but it, it just seems like it shouldn't take this long. Uh, and so Zito's calling in to check about, uh, check in how MacGyver's doing and taunt him some more. Yeah. Um, and Murphy makes a comment, uh, afterwards about how like the only way to take zito out is going to be to kill him and this is where i thought for sure skinner's voice was dubbed yeah she's like it's just usual police procedure to <laughs> and i was like what is and then when it cuts to her talking her, her mouth is almost completely closed so it's like they had her dub it in a way that it would look like it fit the fact that her mouth wasn't open they were like can you just say it like your mouth is a little bit tighter yeah it was I was like, I think she's dubbed. She sounds really strange. Um, Mac is uh, keeps listening to the recording that they made of the Z- of Z- of the conversation they just had with Zito. Yeah. Which apparently like required a massive boombox to yeah. do. That was just what they had on hand. <laughs> uh, and uh, basically, um, from the new equation that they got, the answer twenty, Mac is able to think that that's Pete's parking space. Since they, it takes them a while to come up with that, though. Yeah, they keep talking about police procedure, and Max says, "Wait a minute, Zito knows procedures, and he knows that we would have the Phoenix Foundation analyze those things, so he knew how long it would take for them to figure." I don't it know out. how from prison he figured out where Pete's parking spot is, though. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is just like you just assume he has some kind of connections, I guess. Because or... he's been in prison for longer than he's known who Pete was. Yeah. Yeah. To never... had nothing to do with oh. the Guardians. Um, and he's never met Pete. Yeah. Like, that, that. Well, no, Pete was in the room at the end of 
Deadly Dreams when MacGyver comes in to talk to... Oh. Wasn't he? I know Kate was there. Well, he brings Kate in afterwards. Oh. But I thought first it was Pete and MacGyver standing okay. in the room. I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. But anyway, MacGyver realizes that it must be Pete's parking space, which is number 20. Right. Which seems really low. Yeah. You think Pete would have a higher parking number space? Yeah, the first couple are handicaps. Yeah. Uh, uh, Apparently, Glaucoma doesn't count. Yeah. Oh. Wouldn't he get a better parking spot for that, though? Or would he, should he just not be behind the wheel? <laughs> he should not be driving. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, Pete, MacGyver tries to call Pete, uh, but it's too late. Pete's already on his way out to his car. Right. And Which uh, is, I think, a Chevy Corsica, <laughs> which is my first car. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, as Pete gets in, he turns on the headlights and he sees that there's another equation written on the wall next to his his nameplate. Yeah. And that's when Zito kind of like does like the classic setup out of the back seat and puts a gun to Pete. And the next scene we get is Pete's completely restrained with like a Hannibal Lecter like face mask that's clamped his jaw closed. Yeah, his face looks really weirdly shaped the way it's pinching his head. Yeah. It looks like they really have it down tight on him. Uh they probably just got real mad at Dana on set that day. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, we're just gonna just gonna crank this a little bit tighter. Oh, it's good. I said it's good. <laughs> what? What? Tighter? Tighter? All right, hang on. Uh... <laughs> oh man. Uh... And uh... so uh... there's a real quick scene of MacGyver and Murphy still working on the case, but they find Pete's car. Yeah. And uh, inside the his trunk... blood is all over it. His oh. brains are on the windshield. <laughs> oh man, we got we got to get Harvey Keitel down here. <laughs> uh, I'm Twenty minutes away, I'll be there in ten. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell me how good my coffee is. I know how good it is. I'm the one who buys it. When she buys coffee, she buys shit. <laughs> I think that's probably my favorite addition of Quentin Tarantino to one of his own movies. Yeah. Yeah. His his part in Pulp Fiction is definitely his best cameo. His you worst were, one. The worst one is by far Hateful Eight. Yeah. <laughs> Where uh, totally unnecessary voiceover just telling you what's happening currently on the screen. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. Thanks for reading the exposition lines. Uh, he's just reading all the action lines on the script. Right. Exactly. It's like, yeah, we're watching that happen, Quentin. You didn't have to interrupt this. We were paying attention to the movie all the way up to this point. Then they cleaned up the cabin. Yeah, I'm watching them clean up the cabin. <laughs> uh, inside Pete's car in the trunk is a doormat. And uh, it turns out that MacGyver realizes it's his doormat from his house. Yeah, which um, this... is a metaphor because Pete is MacGyver's doormat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, it, it uh, comes into what Zito was saying in his recording about how evil strikes you at home at, in your coworkers. And so it's basically like leading MacGyver yeah. back to his house where of course Pete is tied up on the ground and run home, Jack. <laughs> no, no, no. You've got it turned around. Uh, as a uh, Kate and MacGyver enter, Kate says it's standard operating procedure. I go in first and do a room to room sweep. Right. Which we already know that this is a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, Pete says that there's a message in another equation, which there is, with the addition of P.S. Goodbye Murphy. Right. And M 
Murphy's already like halfway up MacGyver's spirally ropey staircase. Right. And before MacGyver can even say anything, one of the stairs like clicks and then just blows up. Yeah. And throws she gets Murphy. thrown downstairs. Yeah. It, she gets thrown up over and lands. Luckily, she lands on a couch. Yeah. But uh, I thought for sure she was going to be dead. Yeah. Uh, especially when MacGyver like looks at her and goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> but then it just cuts to like. Her like, funeral. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's, being, she's being buried in front of an unknown <laughs> visitor's house. <laughs> the Why girlfriend. do you keep burying people here? Uh, <laughs> uh, what is her uh, name? Uh, Varney. Something Varney. Yeah, Carol. Carol, Carol Varney? Varney, maybe. Uh, it's DOA MacGyver, right? Mm-hmm. I think one. one. So Dr. Skinner uh, arrives at MacGyver's place just as Murphy's being wheeled out on a stretcher. And she's kind of doing like the, get Zito for me, MacGyver. And, uh, you know, Dr. Skinner is like also like, also showing that she's more concerned now for Kate, even though she's been her kind of adversary this whole time. Yeah. I kind of like, it always bothers me in movies when like a defense attorney is like, when they prove that someone's guilty, like beyond a shadow of the doubt that the defense attorney is like, Oh man, I lost this case, and it's like, yeah, but now we know for a fact that that person was a murderer. Yeah. Like in uh, in my cousin Vinny, when they like prove that the guys are innocent mm-hmm. and they're like everything's great, then the prosecuting attorney's like, oh man, that was close. Like I'm so sorry that happened. Like, yeah. Thank God you guys figured that out because I would have felt terrible if these guys went to prison for no reason. It's like yeah. that's how it should be. Like a prosecuting attorney, if someone's proven innocent, should be like. Oh my gosh! Thank thank God that we figured out that your people yeah, didn't do yeah, it. Yeah. But instead, they're just like, well, well, we're on opposite teams, so I have to hate you, whether or not you guys win exactly. the case. Even though I was proven wrong, I still feel I was in the right. Yeah. Uh, Pete describes what he thinks uh, the location where he was. He says it was a big old building, and he kept referred to, referring to it as his sanctuary. And Skinner now says, you know, that's kind of how he described things in his therapy sessions with her that he said that he wanted to go to a monastery. Right. Uh, so she goes to get her tapes of the sessions because apparently she recorded all of them, which is yeah. creepy. Um, probably not uncommon, but for someone like Zito, yeah. like to, to listen back to his conversations would be yeah. weird. But I feel like if I had Zito as a client, I would be recording all those conversations. That's too. true. <laughs> this is going to make a great chapter for my book. Yeah. Um, so she goes out to her car, uh, to drive out back into the hospital to get the tapes, but her car won't start. Um, and nothing suspicious yet. Nothing suspicious about your car not starting or even making sounds like it could start. Right. Uh, so she sees a cab and starts walking toward it. Meanwhile, MacGyver is finishing up, uh, the last equation, which he's now looking at a list of all the equations that Mike Kylie has brought. And that's when he realizes that. Much like the message that Murdoch left. Um, all these of, all spell out a name. Yeah, these all spell out a name or a word. One word, doctor. And they all just kind of unanimous. They all together kind of go, Dr. Skinner. Yeah. And they all run out just as Skinner's getting in a cab. See, if I would gotten this, I would assume that there are four more clues that are going to spell out Zito. I wouldn't have just been like, oh, he's talking about a doctor. This no. is definitely the end of the message. Yeah. Um, it, I mean... I guess Skinner is too many, too many letters. I mean, yeah. But uh, that would have made more sense 
Like, rather than just... Because, yeah, I agree. He is a doctor as well. Yeah. It's like he's just talking about himself. Yeah. And, uh... Oh, wait, you know what he could have done? Cause, well, because he could have done DR or Zito. Yeah. That would have been enough letters for the, the amount of equations. Just saying. Yeah. But he didn't do it. No, he didn't do it. And as Dr. Skinner gets into the cab... But he's also not trying to tell them who did it. Because yeah, that would be cause, pointless. Yeah, because everyone knows. <laughs> um, as she gets into the cab... Uh, she says she notices that there's a car battery in the back seat, and she goes, "What's this doing back here?" She's like, "I took it from your car, doctor." <laughs> I can't do his voices. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Zito like speeds off with her, like trying to break the back windshield, just as Pete MacGyver and all of them see him like driving off. Yeah, I was just thinking like, I bet he started this whole plan and he started to put it together, and then. It turned out that Pete's parking spot was like 18, and he started like writing letters, like forging Pete's name, like, hey, I really want to be in parking spot 20. Can you yeah. guys move my spot to 20? Move my spot. <laughs> this isn't going to work otherwise, guys. Uh, so at Zito's Fortress, uh, he's setting up a bell with a, he's like winding it up right now. He's like getting it to tilt one way. And when they're going up the stairs to this bell, didn't you say that it looks like the Blood Brothers stairwell? Yeah, um, I forgot to go back and actually watch it. Yeah. Because wasn't there an, an elevator in the middle of the stairwell in that episode? I can't I, I remember don't, now. I don't think you see it very yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say odds are it's probably the same location. Yeah. Um, so uh, Zito's checking out his handiwork. He's got like booby traps rigged up to this bell. Um, at the station... Uh, MacGyver's listening to uh, Dr. Zito's sessions because apparently somehow they got them without Dr. Skinner. Yeah. Um, and uh, Zito calls in to check in on how Murphy's doing. And, of course, MacGyver says, oh, well, you, you blew it. She's going to live. Uh, but now Zito's ready to give MacGyver his final exam. Yeah. Which is solving the riddle of where he is and how to get to him. Um, and he gives MacGyver one hour, which which we don't know. Yeah. What time that is. So Zeno, Zito has Skinner in a in a bathtub and he's kind of like comparis, comparing like the, the torturous tools that have been in this old asylum. Yeah, like electroshock therapy. Yeah, electroshock, but also like all these clamps and filling this bathtub with icy water and straps. Yeah. He's saying that this is all what your psychologist did before. You think you're so great, but this is what your 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 theories are based on. Yeah. It's this kind of stuff. And he, he basically, as the thing is filling up with water, he also sets up a uh, an electric heater on the side of the bathtub so that when the water level gets to a certain point, she'll be electrocuted. Right. Unless it's on a GFI switch. Right. Which In which case, it'll turn off as soon as it gets wet. It'll be fine. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, be fine, fine, actually. Good news. You're <laughs> going to be fine. This doesn't, you might drown in this tub yeah. if it fills up too much. Uh, so... MacGyver, Pete, and Kylie are able to work out that uh, the sanctuary that he keeps talking about uh, would probably be this old asylum that used to be a monastery nearby. Yeah. Luckily, it's nearby. Because they only have an hour to get there. Yep. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver heads over there alone because uh, Zito said, you know, come alone or else I'll kill Dr. Skinner, even though he's going to kill her anyway. Um, but he'll kill her faster. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver heads in alone and finds, like, an open window. And he really quickly finds Dr. Skinner in this 
building that seems like it's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, but he finds her right away. Um, and I really love this line because MacGyver starts trying to pick the lock with his Swiss Army knife. And Zito go, comes in with, Do you really think I would give you a lock you can pick, MacGyver? <laughs> like, it's like this crazy, yeah. heavy, like throaty Yeah, and he's line. shouting it through this window way down at the end of the corridor. Yeah. And uh, so he's saying, like, I got the key, but you have to come get me. Uh, so, of course, like, the, the minor chase leads them up into the bell tower. Right. In which MacGyver notices right away that the bell's, like, in this full tilt and staying there. Yeah. And then he <laughs> thinks he's diagnosed the whole situation, like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. This is a trap, and you want me to... Because they, they have a little bit of a scuffle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zito puts the gun on the ground and says, I know you want to kill me, so there's the gun. Kill me. Yeah. Or else Dr. Skinner's going to die. And then MacGyver pretends that he knows exactly what the plan is, so he's like, oh, if I reach for this gun, this one section of ground that looks different than the rest of it is going to yeah. tip, and I'll fall down this, and get hit this by the bell tower shaft. And then he's just like, see, here's how it was going to work. And then he steps out and sets the whole thing off the yeah, same way yeah. that he was going to anyway. And he gets hit by the bell enough that it knocks him down. Yeah. And Zito comes in with a piece of wood and just clobbers him with it. Yeah. And then kicks him over the side. So now MacGyver's hanging by his hands. Uh, and Dr. Zito is just like stepping on his fingers to, like, to get him to let go. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver does this really great move where he jumps off. Yeah, I really the, like that. Yeah, he jumps down and grabs the rope hanging down from the bell. Yeah, which causes it to swing and hit Dr. Zito and yeah. knock him down. Um, and so now we're hearing like the bell like going bong, bong, bong. It's, yeah, it's a cool set piece. Um, but what's really cool is like as he's climbing, because his weight's constant on the bell, you actually see the bell like in a constant state of tilt and it stops ringing because he's actually like, yeah. Because with those bells, you have to pull and let go. Yeah. But because he's he's in a constant state of pulling with his body weight, the bell is just locked into a, a sideways yeah. uh, angle. I thought it was a good detail. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver gets up, ties Zito up with the bell rope, and and is going to hit him with the gun. But he says, I'm keeping you alive for Dr. Skinner, but this is for Murphy. And then he punches him in the face, knocks him into the bell, and then drops him down the bell shaft. Yeah. But luckily, the rope is attached to him, much like the Invisible Killer yeah, style yeah. Around, under the under the armpits. And so now he's bobbing up and down, and the bell's ringing over and over again. Yeah. And I thought what was happening here was he was going to have twelve strikes because, like, the bell ringing was going to be like his time to get to Doctor Skinner. And I was like so excited about it because <laughs> as because as he's running, we're getting cuts of him running and the bathtub filling, but we're also hearing the bell going. But it's, but it's ringing very slowly, like it would for a clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be it. It's going to be like 12 tolls, and he's going to pull it out on the last toll. But no, it was like it was like, like 20 tolls of the bell. <laughs> I was super disappointed. Uh, yeah, so he gets he gets into the room, pulls out the heater, and throws it against the wall, where, in which it explodes into sparks. Yeah, totally pointless. He could have just set it down. It's hot, though. It's a yeah. heater. But he touched it. Already, like, well, could have just been he, like... He grabs it by the cord. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of... Anyway, I get what you're saying. You didn't need to throw it at the wall. It's <laughs> not like it's not like the the heater was Dr. Zito. 
That's what he was treating it like. You're the bad guy. I'm going to destroy you. It's like, no, it's just a tool. He grabs it by the cord, tries to swing it, but it hits Dr. Skinner in the face on the way out. Yeah, it's like if he if he threw that against the wall, and then he helped Skinner out of the bathtub, and then he smashed the bathtub with a sledgehammer. It's like, why are you doing that? I'm just so mad. Just got all this pent-up energy. I just took out Dr. Zeno. I'm jazzed. Uh, so the, uh, the Act 5 roundup is... Apparently, like, weeks later, because Murphy's out of the hospital. Right. Um, uh, and they're they're having, like, a party for her at the police station. Zito is put back in maximum security. Right. But as we get to see Zito at the last moment, he's pulling up Piedra. Yeah. Where he lifts they up his shirt. didn't check his body for scars. Yeah. He pulls off this fake scar, and inside he's got a lock pick. Yeah. And we're left with this moment of he's going to escape again, and once again unleash himself upon the world but we never see this character we again we never see this character again and that's the end of dr zito maybe he killed himself with it yeah he just slit his own throat i like this episode it's dr zito was such a great character addition to the show yeah um because like the first conversation which was much more like red dragon uh esque or silence of the lambs esque kind of thing where you have he's in prison yeah and he keeps coming to back to talk to him about yeah, his, that's true. This this is the Red Dragon. Yeah, episode. this is much more yeah. the Red Dragon episode, uh, and uh, it's really intense. Him calling in to taunt, like every few minutes, like, "Oh, have you figured out this clue yet?" Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I gotta stop doing his voice because I am not even doing it anywhere near justice. So I'm not even doing a British <laughs> accent well. Uh, but yeah, it's a really intense episode, and. I mean, no one, no one dies. Oh, wait, that's not true. Two orderlies got killed yeah. horribly. Yeah, but that's um, it. They don't really matter. No one important died. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I don't know. Like, it's just. I feel like this should have been a character that they introduced a long time ago. Yeah. Instead of so late in the series, but I'm glad they decided to revisit him. Yeah. And I'm upset that they didn't revisit him again. Yeah. Because they set it up perfectly for him to have escaped again. But it, I'm fine with this character ending here, too. Because yeah. Dr. Zito, like, maybe he gets away. And then it's just like the end of Silence of the Lambs. And yeah, it's like, yep, yeah, he just got away. And he yeah. retired. He's like, well, I've been beaten twice by MacGyver. I guess yeah. that's, that's good. See, Murdoch wouldn't have given up. See, it was Red Dragon... Red Dragon was supposed to be a sequel, right? It goes Manhunter, Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon. Chronologically. I think, I think Manhunter is Red Dragon. I thought Manhunter was a prequel to... Well, not a prequel, but it came first. Man- Manhunter is the story that came first, but I think Red Dragon is the book in which Manhunter was was a, an adaptation of. So is Red Dragon supposed to take place before Silence of the Lambs? Correct. But how come Clarice Starling and, is in it? She's not in Red Dragon. I thought Hunter. Julianne Moore was playing Clarice Starling, no? No, that's the Hannibal. That's that's the sequel. Hannibal is the one I'm thinking Hannibal's about. the sequel that uh was made up okay then yes you're right okay yeah red dragon was completely different yeah red dragon and manhunter are the same story uh but i think red dragon is the book okay and manhunter or it might be manhunter is the book but they're the same story right um it's 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 the jack crawford and then hannibal was the sequel uh, jack crawford's the 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 fbi agent i can't remember the 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 edward norton character Edward Norton's in Red Dragon. Edward Norton's in Red Dragon, um, and 
Is Philip Seymour Hoffman in there too? Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's the one in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Right. They get well, set late, on fire. And late, yeah, later on, he's in the wheelchair. In the wheelchair, yeah. Um, uh, the the series Hannibal is really good. Um, is it Mads Mikkelsen on that show? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, but they have all the characters. Like they have the Philip Seymour Hoffman character, but this time played as a, as a woman. Oh, okay. But she's just because she's a. Re- he was a reporter who was like really sneaky and broke into places and got illegal te- like recordings of people talking. Sure, about stuff. sure. Um, so she's playing that character, that same character. How long has that show been running? Uh, it's over now. It's only did, it only did three seasons. Oh, okay. But like the set design and the costumes and like you know Lawrence Fishburne, everyone's great on the show. Yeah, that's one of those shows that I was never interested in when it was on, and now I'll probably watch it and be like, "Why did the show get canceled?" Yeah. Oh, because people like me didn't watch it. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's way better than the concept of like the Norman Bates show. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is. Really, really good. Uh, he's always good, except in three. What did I just see him in a trailer for? Oh, the new Doctor Strange trailer. Oh, is he in that? Yeah. Oh, nice. He looks great in it too. Um, what do you prefer, Lesson in Evil or Deadly Dreams? I would say Lesson in Evil. Yeah. Because as much as I like Deadly Dreams, I think that the whole opening portion of it, with like the drug dealer and introducing this character of Kate. Um, and MacGyver's involvement with the police. I, there's too much other stuff going on. It's not about Dr. Zito hardly at all. It is It is more like Silence of the Lambs where where the movie isn't about Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Uh, and MacGyver doesn't have enough time with him. Yeah. He, he should have had at least one or two more scenes with Dr. Zito in that episode. Yeah. And this one, like, as much as Dr. Zito's on the run, he's constantly calling in. And I feel like he and MacGyver have a much better connection. Yeah, and I, I do like this one. I think my problem with this episode is the math stuff. Oh, yeah. Seems like it comes out of nowhere, and the math problems are, like, way too simple. And yeah. it just seems like, why would he be doing this math stuff? Like, there's no math connection to anything. He said he's giving him a lesson in evil, but yeah. is he, does he think math is evil? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Math is evil. I, I guess it is part of the whole, like, teacher-student thing. Yeah. Like, here's some homework for you. It just seemed like it could have been, like... You could have just written the numbers down. Or, like... Not even just not not even do the math numbers thing and just have it be like physics or engineering stuff that's leading him from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. Something MacGyver would know. Yeah. Not something everyone would something know. Something that's his specialty, but that's not like four plus three minus two is like something that my daughter could be watching MacGyver and figure out. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like a weird, a weird choice. But um, I, I probably agree, though, on the whole, that I probably prefer this one over um, Deadly Dreams. Which I think is the opposite of the the general, um, the general understanding. It seems like most of the fans like Deadly Dreams more. Yeah, I mean it's. I don't, I don't know actually. I, I you know what I'm gonna stick with the gums. I'm gonna still say Lesson in Evil is better, but Deadly Dreams does have a lot of great moments. A guy gets axed in the chest. Yeah, I think that's the what this is missing is a real brutal kill. I mean, we get, we had the elevator kill, but we don't see it. Yeah, we don't see it happen. And um, in that one, we see a father of 12 get stabbed in the chest. With an axe. Yeah. We were so taken back by that scene that we yeah. scared a child. Yep. We, we, we both just yelled out, <laughs> and your, your infant son just freaked out. Yeah, by he was not a out. fan of our reaction. Which isn't the first time we've scared one of your children. Nope. <laughs> Also, the Transformers uh, four trailer. Transformers, uh, 
Yeah, it must have been Age of Extinction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was also uh, a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's it for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 6, Episode 7, Harry's Will. Insane cameo fest. Yeah, it's a pretty bonkers episode. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. We'll get into that. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.